freedom is an inside job. It's an inside job. I just mentioned the reality is black and brown people are consistently facing a variety of trauma. Welcome to Growing Through Grief. I'm your host, Diana Curtis. Growing Through Grief is a weekly sprinkle of education and inspiration to help you take action that leads to personal freedom and greatness. I share powerful conversations with grief experts, spiritual advisors, and other courageous souls in this transformational podcast. I believe with the right support and the power of community, you can eliminate unnecessary prolonged grief. I'm here to teach you how to normalize, recognize, and use grief as a growth tool. I've been a champion for growth for decades since the loss of my mother. Together, we are growing. I'll give you weekly tips and small steps that will move the needle forward so that you are experiencing a healthy inner relationship with yourself. Let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Growing Through Grief podcast. I'm your host, Diana Curtis. Today, we are continuing the conversation about my transformational journey through grief and trauma. Now, if you haven't listened to part one and part two, I highly recommend that you do so that you can get the full story so that you can learn a little bit more about me. And also, I shared some things about myself and how I healed racialized trauma. So this is going to be slightly different. And I'm hoping you will receive something in those two episodes that will also help you navigate through your personal transformational journey. And... I promise to share a message to black and brown bodies and also anyone who identify as a white body individual. Now, here's the thing. There is no hint of blame, shame, or guilt in this conversation. The sharing here is to bring a deeper sense of self-awareness and an acceptance of the truth so that you can take the right actions for yourself going forward. And oh yes, my co-host Rosie is still here with me. As you recall, she is the founder of Excited Curiosity and she's set and she's ready to go. So Rosie, thank you for grabbing the microphone one more time. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I'm really excited about getting into this segment. And I am honored that you chose me to do this for you. And as you were introing, um, yeah, so I'm a part of the BIPOC community, and but I'm also, I'm, I'm half white. I'm half Spanish and half um, indigenous. Um, so yeah, I am very much looking forward to to what unfolds here. Um, so thanks again. And I just want to start off, if it's okay, where we left off last time, um, you were speaking of freedom and that that's your word, right, for this year. And 
And so what do you mean, Diana, when you say freedom? Like can you can you tell us a little a little more about that? Like freedom from what or of what? Yeah, great question. So you're right. We talked about a lot. And I'm remembering I shared my greatest grief experience, which was a loss of my mother, right? At the tender age of three. And obviously that came with that came other experiences of loss and trauma in my life. Yet the person you see today, the person you're talking to today is, I would say I'm now living a life of fulfillment and that freedom that you're asking me about, right? So what do I mean when I say freedom? Let me just kind of categorize the first level of freedom that I'm referring to is, well, first of all, I had to get to know myself a little bit better so that I could gain that sense of freedom from certain situations. And as I started on my transformational journey, I didn't know this at first, but I realized I needed to learn more about my history, where I came from. So the first freedom that I'm going to speak about is, let's just call it biological freedom. Now, why am I calling it that? Because that freedom helped me heal those things that were encoded in my DNA from my ancestors, right? Who were enslaved. Yeah. So I'm talking about people whose nervous systems was always well, often in a flight, fight, flee mode. They never knew what was going to go down back in those days. And I'm from those bodies. I came from those bodies. Naturally, I inherited some of the stuff. So really, and we'll hopefully talk a little bit more about that as we move through this conversation. So that was number one, biological freedom. So what about the freedom to focus on myself? And I don't mean being selfish, but to just look, explore and get curious about myself so I could heal and release and replace the stuff and grow into this life that I'm now living. And there's so much more growth that will occur and here's another freedom for me, freedom from that repetition of the same old habits, those patterns, right? That was useful when I was a child. Those habits, those patterns that kept me safe. But I'm grown now. I'm a grown up. I no longer need those. But I still tend to live out some of those patterns. Oh, here's a big one. The freedom for me to be black. <laughs> so the freedom to be black and brown in a world that tries to constrict and make me small because of the color of my skin. Yeah, freedom from that. And what does that look like? We can talk a little bit more about that. And the freedom of speech my ability to speak about my pain 
and who of what caused that pain. And I can do it without hesitation, with the intention of helping others and not necessarily judging anybody else. It's just a freedom of speech to talk about my pain, which is what we're doing today, right? I've just recently, well, let's just say since November and we went Canada, Canada, I decided to expand the conversation around grief to include the trauma of racism. Because you and I know trauma happens before the grief. Something happens, we lose something, or we lose someone. So how do I talk about grief and not talk about the trauma? Yeah? So now I'm talking about the trauma of losing a loved one, which is death. That's the most crippling one. But I'm also talking about the trauma of losing a soul due to racialized trauma. And then that grief that follows that. So that's what I mean about the freedom, the freedom from so many things. And it changes as I grow. Yeah, thank you for that question. Yeah, wow, you said so much. <laughs> There's so much there. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah, you said the freedom to be black, like that, just so you can take a moment for that. Like, wow. <laughs> and, and because it was so much, I mean, so much, you started with the biogenetics and then I think you, you named like seven things. That's, that's a lot. And so instead of tackling each one, because that would be, you know, that would take a while. Can you summarize like what was the action? And we spoke of actions in the, in the previous podcast, but this specifically for freedom and, and into all of these things, what was the one action and there might have been many, but what comes up for you when I ask, like, what's the action that you took that made the biggest difference, like in this healing? Because you said a lot of healing, like healing led to that freedom. So what was the biggest difference? So let's see. The biggest difference for me, I would say, is knowing that there were parts of me that I just didn't understand. There were parts of me that without having really started to look into my history, not understanding those parts of me that I'll share a few of those things that I totally didn't understand. The deep resistance to being told what to do by a certain race of people. No. <laughs> no. I always had some resistance there. The deep desire to be in mm, strong, intimate relationships with people who look like me and the struggles with that. 
not realizing the struggles were there because we are dealing with the same issues. Yeah. So the activations, the triggers were just constant without understanding them, more about blaming and shaming. So once I began to understand who I was as an individual, then I had more empathy and understanding for others. So there's just two of them. The resistance around white bodies telling me what to do. No, thank you. And the desire to be in stronger relationship with black and brown people. That was somewhat difficult. Now, once I begin to learn more about myself through, and I'm going to share these five principles. May I share five principles, things that I did? Yes. So, so I mentioned it already. Going back and really exploring and getting curious about what happened to my family, what happened to my ancestors. And yes, we know the some of what happened based on the stories that our great-great-grands told us and what we see on TV and movies. We know what that experience was like for our body as a whole, for our ancestors as a whole. But I don't know that many of us, I know I didn't, understood the impact of it all being born, you and I being born from those bodies, everything that happened to them was encoded in their DNA, right? And some of that was passed on to me, those bodies that I came from. So exploring what happened to my ancestors, the generation before me, and then taking a look at what happened to me directly once I got here. What happened to me as a child? What are some things that I maybe witnessed and I shouldn't have witnessed? Um, and how did that shape how I see the world? How did it shape those emotional and mental rest restrictions and constrictions that I formed? because I didn't feel safe as a child, right? So what happened to my family, what happened to me, that led me to understanding that number one, everything didn't start with me. It started before me. I inherited some of it. And because of that, not everything is my fault. I came in with some of this. And we can talk a little bit more about this. What is this, right? And then number five is, didn't start with me, not my fault, not all of it. But it's 100% my responsibility to heal. 100%. So it happened to my ancestors. It happened to me. Didn't start with me. Not my fault. Not all of it but I'm responsible for healing myself and creating something different for the next generation. So those are the five principles that I started to really get grounded in and 
begin to focus on, which is what we're doing in our focus group. You know, it's the foundation of what we're doing in the BIPOC focus group. Yeah. And as I said earlier, this helped me. Once I knew all of this, it really helped me have more empathy for everyone, and especially my children and my family members, right? Because a lot of what our children, what's playing out through them, is our stuff that we didn't heal before we had them. So to all parents, <laughs> your children are carrying your stuff and you're carrying your parents and great, great, great grandparents stuff. Yet we must still remind everybody that they're and hold people responsible for their actions. Cause once I got it, right? I'm responsible for it, to heal it. Yeah, I watch the news from time to time, making no excuses for young people, but the world is just really beating up on them. But our children are demonstrating the same habits and patterns that we demonstrate. And here's the key, those habits, those patterns, are there to protect us. How do we let go of something that we think is protecting us? That's difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. How do we let go of something that, that's soothing the pain? That's addiction, right? So we're in this together. We're in this thing together. Yeah, as, as you were sharing and, you know, sharing just what it's like, right, to be in that black body that you're in and what was done to your ancestors and that basically it lives in you. It, it, um, I got a visual of me, you know, being half, you know, half Spanish, half indigenous that my whole life I've, I've been aware of, let's call it the colonization part. I've been aware that, that some part of me contributed to, um, what we have today, right? This racism that we are better than, right? And then there's definitely this warrior part of me that knows that it fought and that it, it it's just there and to always challenge. Cause you said, you know, one of your hard fast was like, no, I'm not taking direction. I'm not taking anything from you. If you're, right, if you're white, I'm just not doing it. And there's definitely, yeah, I, I, um, uh, resonated with that a lot but it was just so interesting for me to you know just remember that yeah i both have lived through me and and still do and the kicker and i'd love for yeah your audience just to um yeah to really allow all of that to set in because the the last one you know one two three and four very painful things right that you had had to right go through and witness and and that healing process but number five is that we're responsible we're responsible for our own healing and you know that's a realization at least for me that i do make every day sometimes it's moment to moment yes i am responsible i'm responsible why is that person pissing me off oh i know why okay but i'm responsible right um for that and so thank you for sharing that and that's um, yeah, I think very important, right, for everybody to understand is that, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not anybody else, it's us. 
bezahlen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So for the listeners who may have missed what you said about your contributing to this thing called white privilege, that part of you that's white, that you too, unknowingly, unconsciously perhaps, have contributed as well. But when we know better, we do better, right? Again, no blame, shame, guilt here. There's no room for that. There's too much more to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and thank you for that. Thank you. And my next question, and these principles are just so beautiful and should be plastered, I believe, everywhere. Do you do you believe that these principles, are they just for like the, the BIPOC, Black, Brown community, or is it for anybody really that's dealing with any racialized um, trauma and or grief for that matter? Yeah, I think these principles apply for everybody because number one, clearly we are all Black and Brown people experiencing trauma around racism, right? Things are happening all the time. They happened before we came here. They're still happening. So the question is, what now? Silence and deny is not the answer. But also, white bodies. We're all grieving something. We've all experienced some level of trauma. So those same principles, knowing your history, your ancestors, survey your own personal history. What happened to you as a child? And then holding the statement that not all of this is your fault. Now, yeah, we create some experiences for ourselves that we caused ourselves, right? But some of this you came in with it, black, white, brown, whatever color, you brought it in with you. But now heal it. So yes, these principles um, apply, can apply to us, to everyone. Absolutely. That's what I thought. <laughs> I just wanted your beautiful words around that. And yeah, what comes up for me is is still like there's a there's a bit of uh, emotion, right? With with um, with listening, right, to to your story and what you've been through and. And sort of part one and part two is all culminating, I believe, right now for me. Um, and with this and with these with these five principles and and just yeah, that fifth of of taking responsibility. And if you could, and I know you have in the past, but but this time instead of for benefit of me, <laughs> perhaps for benefit of those who have listened to part one and two and are a part of the right the black brown you know community. Um, you've been sharing your journey, your transformational journey. I mean, can you address those that might be saying to themselves, right? Freedom, freedom from what? Like, how, how can I be free in a world that thrives on racism? And this is where I get still, I'm working on myself, right? I'm still a work in progress. I'm still healing, but this does bubble up, um, a lot of emotion, but, this question just how, 
How can we be free in a world that thrives off of racism, separation, and control over others? And where systemically, and this is where like I have chills, systemically, right, systems have been built to support all of us. So if it's okay, I don't want to dismiss what you just shared about your personal experience and the emotions that are coming up. Is it okay to just pause for a moment to just allow you to be with that? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So the question, what would I tell black and brown people who are saying freedom? What is she talking about, right? <laughs> Number one, I would say freedom is an inside job. It's an inside job. I just mentioned the reality is black and brown people are consistently facing a variety of trauma individually, in our communities, collectively. So number two for me would be get back in community. We are communal people. And I know that is so true for the indigenous community. Not certain that that's true for the black community because safety is the foundation of all healing and we are communal people building villages for indigenous people, those rituals, those tools that will create the pathway to those who need healing. So that community, that safety, you mentioned the word bubble. And as you said, and I'm like, get in your own little bubble not to harm anybody, not even to separate, except for the purpose of healing within your own community. And black and brown people, stop skipping the talking part. We don't have to keep secrets like we were taught. Stay silent, keep that stuff inside your body. So it destroys you and cause disease. You're free to talk. The value of talking about your issues, the value of acknowledging your pain, your suffering, your trauma, and naming it is one of the greatest pathways to healing from trauma. So talk about it, let it out. That's freedom, that's freeing. That's what we do in the BIPOC community. We were taught to stay silent. We were taught to never rest. If we rest, we're lazy. So there's a lack of sleep. I'm going to say that again. We were taught to stay silent, to never rest. If we rest, we're lazy. Therefore, there's a lack of sleep. The body breaks down. So that's what I would tell the black and brown people. 
It's all about what's happening inside of you. Get back in community and talk about it. Let it out. We're so, we're great with movement. That's another way, you know, dancing and yoga and, you know, that's a great way to release the trauma from your body. But then so is talking. Get support. Thank you for delicately <laughs> addressing that. <laughs> and now I have another another question um, for your audience because I'm sure it's not just BIPOC. There, there um, are as well audience members who identify as white, and um, and who knows? Maybe after listening to this, you know, they might want some freedom from you know, controlling others, they might also be saying, well, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, right? But they also, you know, they might be in a place where they're ready to clear out, right? The trauma that's caused by this whole ingrained, right? Just notion of, of supremacy and control over others. And I'll speak again personally. Sometimes it's not, you don't even know it. It's not something that is, um, and that's the privilege, right? That's exactly what the privilege means. You don't, you, um, you don't even know that you're doing it. But again, those listeners, you know, there might be some listeners right now that things might be bubbling up for them and, 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 and is there freedom? Is there freedom for them? And, and what would you say about that? Yeah, absolutely. There's freedom for all of us. And before I answer that question, I wanted to share with the listeners that you and I are not doing this in our own little bubble. We, you representing the indigenous people, I'm representing the black people, we're doing it together, but we also have a co-partner and his name is Justin, um, a white body male who is also has this deep, deep interest in supporting white bodies who are ready to move, who may already be moving in the direction of healing the impact of racism. Yeah, so having these affinitive groups to dive deeper into these conversations is what you and Justin and I are doing. So I wanted to mention that first. So the message for the white bodies would be some of the same, but to personalize it, I would say, check in with yourself often. Examine from the inside where you stand on racism and then create communities with other white bodies, people who you had babies with, you shop with, who you're close to, your community, and you too come up with ways to heal this nation, this world around racism. So ponder all of that within your own community. What part of yourself wants to heal from this legacy of white supremacy and the harm that it has caused and caused 
and the harm that it has caused and continue to cause others. And then ask yourself, what will it require for me to elevate this change? A change that breeds harmony, sharing, and care for all of mankind, not just some. So I would tell the white body, start with the changes from within your own community and then extend those efforts out into the world. And here's one that is very personal for me because I get, I also have a nonprofit and I get um, some donations from lots of white bodies. And I got a donation from one of my friends and I paused and I said, are you giving me this money based on guilt and shame of what your legacy, what your ancestors have done to black and brown people? And she froze. She said, probably so. So then I would say, with that, I would say, turn any guilt or shame you might have regarding the past of your ancestors, turn that guilt and shame into progress. And you too remember, freedom is an inside job. Know your story, know your history, accept that truth as your history and begin to change what you don't like. And know that there, there's enough to go around for everyone. So ditch the scarcity mindset that you have to have it all. If others get their share, you won't have enough. We live in an abundant world. We live in an abundant world. You don't believe me? <laughs> Just look around, right? Just look at nature and the trees and the leaves and the grass. We're not creating that. It just happens. So that's what I would gently tell the white bodies. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And is there anything else that you'd like to share with those that are listening? Mm. Yes, it would be, and this is for everyone, that as you seek the truth about your story, all of your story, especially the history of racism in your legacy, continue to explore and get curious about how does that trauma of racism live in your body? How is it affecting your body? Yes. And then make a decision, make a choice to heal it. Because for every generation did not do, because for every generation that don't do their healing, their children have to carry that burden in their bodies. And I mentioned that earlier. And none of us want to continue to release, let me call it buckets of cortisol in the fetus of our unborn children, right? 
nor do we want to model these racist behaviors to our grown-up children who don't have the power or the will to say no to their parents or their grandparents. And that's why we're living in this constant stress and fear and shame and guilt and grief. So to everybody, start healing yourself, your family members collectively, and then the world overall. One breath, one person at a time. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. That requires a pause. I can't believe we're at the end of this episode because there's so, so much more to talk about. But don't worry, listeners. We're not going to do another episode like this. But we will continue this conversation throughout this season of the Growing Through Grief podcast. And in closing, I just would like to share a little bit more of if you haven't received it already, a little bit more of why I do this. What do I do? Why am I doing this? And it is to inspire and guide any and everybody who's interested back to this place of wholeness, right? Supporting individuals and reconnecting to those parts of themselves that they feel is too painful to experience because of trauma, because of loss, any type of trauma, any significant loss. And because of that, I put together this community. It's called the Compassionate Hearts Community. And it support anyone who doesn't have that community that I talked about, that disconnection from maybe their blood family, and they're looking for a tribe a village. We all deserve to have that. We all deserve to have a village of people who can lift us up, support us in our process. And that's what we're doing. In addition to the podcast, if you're interested in getting more information, you will get a link in the show notes about all of my social media, or you can email me at diana at coachingtotheheart.org. And before we sign off, I must say thank you, thank you, thank you, Rosie. The founder of Excited Curiosity. You can get all of her information from the show notes, all of her social media links and learn more about Rosie. Beautiful soul easy to be with. You probably picked up on that already <laughs> through this episode. And don't worry, we'll be doing more of this together. Rosie, I'm just curious, is there any more that you would like to say? Just thank you. <laughs> There's so much popping up in my head <laughs> about all of this. And I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you, grateful for the community and grateful to have been a part of um, opening this, this, just this topic up kind of taboo, right? To talk about a little bit, <laughs> you know, to your community and hopefully they'll, um, yeah, they'll start to engage and take, 
take your message and um and yeah and reach out reach out please reach out to diana and and if you have any any questions any thoughts about this yeah 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 i know rose is not going to tell you all but i want to share just a little bit about where her heart is one of many things her heart is floating and passionate about and that is anyone who's dealing with uh, suicide ideation and we will do an episode at some point but if you would like to speak to rosa before that time please do you'll have her information so grab hold of that knowledge from her and there you are. We're at the end of another episode. And I so, so appreciate you listening. I hope you have an opportunity to listen to part one, part two. And of course, you're listening to this episode. And again, much gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Growing Through Grief and being part of this loving community of women. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share and spread the word. Let's help all women become richer and more nourished in their heart so that they're able to just keep on rising. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or topic ideas, or you would like to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at coachingtotheheart.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep on growing.